are doing this stuff. Do you Phil. guys hear me? Oh, Phil. crap. You know what? Hold on just a second. Uh, something's wrong. <laughs> I, I didn't plug in the... Uh, the mixer's not plugged in. Can you hey. I'm so hey. sorry. It's been one thing after another. Uh, and... Phil, can you hear us? Yes. If you can hear us, uh, just mute until you... Uh, because we're going to go live, so just mute until you, you get that all worked out. And and then just... Uh, and that'll be right... <laughs> yeah, so he... Right. Did you mute? Oh, there we go. Awesome. And we're, FYI, we're about to go live, so if, uh, just in case anybody has any you know anything personal that they were gonna <laughs> yeah we'll I have we'll, a ton of problems but none that we have to go over here it's all good okay all right we're gonna go live right now here we go Union of the Unwanted back live November 15th, 2021. Ricky, take it away. What's up? Another Union of the Unwanted. Just want to remind everybody, unionofdunwanted.com to find links to our merch, links to all our channels where you can find all our episodes. The audio is available everywhere, but we live stream exclusively on Rockfin. For We keep it premium for 24 hours, then eventually the video is free for everybody so uh definitely go to rockfin and check out our channel and check out a lot of these other people who are joining us today because uh usually a lot of people that are on the um unwanted are also on rockfin so definitely check out rockfin it's one of the few places you can find conversations like we have uncensored so go support them and the content creators on there uh today we have a fun episode because it's just going to be like a classic union of the unwanted episode where we have tons of different guests tons of different continents <laughs> and people from all different backgrounds and researchers. And we're just going to try to spark a conversation. We have some new faces, which I'm really excited about. We got Mark Malone and Philip uh, Fairbanks with us. And uh, also Mikey, who's uh, who I was just on his uh, podcast not so long ago. He another awesome show. So, uh, you know, I, I figured because there's so much conversation about Agenda 2030 and all these things, and we, we haven't really specifically hit on that topic and what exactly that is. And Mark Malone was just on my show and I know he's been uh, on Charlie's show and, and very fascinating his insight and research on that topic. And we can kind of branch off because obviously that agenda leads us to many other topics. Mark, you want to give us a little bit of a, a, a background uh, on who you are and what you do and then give people a brief description on what Agenda 2030 is? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me back on, Ricky. And good to see you again, Charlie. Um, so I'm Mark Malone. Uh, I've been uh, in many fields, kind of worked in linguistic analysis, data science with the University of Nottingham, one of the top universities in the world, and actually I'm studying philosophy of science at Oxford University. Um, so my background is quite broad. Generally speaking, I've been, you know, applied in academics, but also worked in corporate fields. Um, I specialize in Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, primarily because that is the building blocks of most of what we see playing out in COVID protocols. <clears throat> most people think that 2030 is a replacement of 21, 
but it is not. It's actually a milestone year of the Agenda 21 framework. Agenda 21 is the global governance plan of the 21st century, with 2030 being the major milestone year of that plan. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and and how and can you kind of uh, expand on how COVID and all these things have been a way of kind of fast tracking this whole plan? Yeah, so basically, the the first telltale uh, telltale sign I saw was tier systems. We look at the United Kingdom, we saw tier systems. So the the regionalization. What was generally happening, happening was that we saw like tier one, tier two, tier three, and they were breaking the nation up into regions. Why this is really important, I wonder if I can show you guys. See my wall uh, over there? It probably looks kind of horrible from this angle. Generally speaking, what we see is a regionalization plan of the whole world. What this basically means we think of Rome, we go to Rome, we saw city-states in the Roman Empire. Across all of Europe, we didn't see the Roman Empire dominating nations as such. We saw city-states that were subsidiaries of the Roman Empire. What Agenda 21 basically does is regionalizes the world under city-states. So California would no longer be California. It would be SoCal, a city-state of global governance. The Agenda 21 framework outlines that very clearly. Basically says, if you read the 200-page document, land, water, and air. What that basically means is centralizing land, water, and air, so private and public partnerships combined for the, for the greater good, for saving the world from climate change, right? That's the justification. Gender 21 was signed in 1992 by 179 nations, including this one, including the United States and the Holy See. That plan was to say, hey, to save the world from climate change, we must unite these regions under land, water, and air. And we think, okay, we think about land, water, and air, we go, sounds kind of nice, right? We all want to protect our land, water, and air. Who doesn't? I do. None of us want to see the oceans dumped. <clears throat> None of us want to see all the fish go from the ocean. None of us want to run out of food. But of course, when you chew on that and you go, okay, land, water, and air, what does that really mean? Isn't your business on land? Aren't your constitutional rights on land? Isn't your house? Isn't your flying? Isn't your food growth? Suddenly you find the centralization of land, water, and air, the centralization of resources on the entire planet. And they write this in the Agenda 21 original document, signed by George H.W. Bush, of course. And this was the same year that we saw those uh, old school YouTube conspiracy theory videos where he was like, when we're successful with this new world order and we will be, we have a real chance for the United Nations to regain its peacekeeping role, right? So what he's basically saying, 1992 when they signed that, was the United Nations is going to come to its fulfillment, the whole idea of what it was supposed to be. But I really want to really hit, hit this point home. It isn't world government, and I've explained this on, on your show, Ricky, and yours, Charlie, global governance. And that's really, really critical too, because a lot of us, um, quote, conspiracy theorists, get blindsided by thinking, okay, the world government's going to come any day now. It's never going to come because it's not world government. If you read the literature, Jenna 21, 2030, Great Reset, pick, pick your pocket. It's only ever uh, described as global governance. And why that's really, really important is because that day we thought was going to come, 
where they finally go, right, jack boot down, no more nations, it's a world government, is never going to come. Because the way that it works is it's going to be through the back door via a system called technocracy, and that's really, really important too. So this global governance is already in place now. Just look at the World Health Organization. I mean, Trump couldn't have shut down the nation if he wanted to. The World Health Organization shut down the entire world. Why? Not institutional in the sense that they're legislative, but they are part of global governance, right? So the, the, the point of this is that when you started to see the COVID protocols, tier systems like in the United Kingdom, but also in the United States, right? We saw kind of different states having different rules. And I'm all for that. That's constitutional. That's, that's a good thing. But like everything good, it can be used in, in, in a different direction. In this case, it was used to regionalize, break up the United States. We can get into the deeper structure later and, and how that actually works through things called councils, governments, and metropolitan planning organizations. But needless to say, we saw the telltale signs in the beginning that this was really just the coming out party of Agenda 21. And as I said, 2030 is just a major milestone year. So while most of the legislation is in 2030, it isn't in 21, 21 is still the primary driving factor of Agenda 2030. Yeah, that's why I believe that they almost want anybody who would be against some of these things that they want to implement out, out of the blue states. I almost think it's on purpose. I, I heard, I forget who was talking about it, where they were discussing that the Republicans like gave up on California. They're like, we're not even going to spend any money here. And then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, it kind of makes perfect sense. Like if you want to basically fill a state with people that are going to be completely okay with smart cities and all these other things they are going to implement. Why not get everybody who's going to resist out? So, and then it's much easier to implement these things. So it's just a theory, but it's, uh, you know, it seems like it makes sense. Uh, Josh, I know you want to jump in on this. Uh, yeah, I do, because uh, this is something I've been uh, studying for about 15 years and watching it all come together is really fascinating because we have to remember um, while this eugenics campaign has been around for really since the beginning of time, uh, going back to a lot of the ancient religions of the world that a lot of these elites are themselves obsessed with, it was through philanthropy that uh, in many cases, these elites were able to get away with a, such a nefarious campaign under the guise of helping people from the Rockefeller Foundation and now Bill and uh, Melinda Gates Foundation. I, I think it's interesting interesting to kind of bring this into how it's affecting us at this moment, because what we are about to witness, especially over this next winter, I do believe will set a precedent, the likes of which we've never seen before. Um, this whole pandemic nonsense insanity that we've been witnessing over the past uh, almost two years now was just a precursor to something much greater, a part of a bigger puzzle, if you will. Um, he, uh, Mark mentioned uh, technocracy, and I think that is the biggest issue that we face today. Um, for, first of all, how do they get us? Well, first of all, they get us from um, depopulating us with vaccines, of course, with medicines. We've seen this for a long time. The HIV AIDS crisis, for example, was based in um, forcing medication onto people that was basically chemotherapy treatment. And that chemotherapy treatment was killing people. And then they'd say, hey, look, these people are dying from AIDS when they were dying from the medication that was being forced on them. I actually uh, hung out with one of the faces of AIDS a few months ago, a guy who was on the cover of Time magazine back in the 1980s. And um, he was a guy that they used as a spokesman for, for AIDS um, in the 19, early 1980s. Um, and he told me he cured his AIDS by taking vitamin C. Now, I mean, that sounds extreme to many, but if you look into the HIV AIDS uh, lie and scam, it ties perfectly into what we see today and has a lot of the same cast of characters. But 
But what we're seeing right now is when people are getting, first of all, um, injected with this obvious poison, and in the case of children, for example, 6.1 times more likely on average to have myocarditis or pericarditis, uh, then be hospitalized with so-called COVID. Um, and th that is ages 12 to 15. And that's just a, one piece of the puzzle. And it's probably much worse than that. Um, that's just a preliminary case studies. Um, we can expect people with severe autoimmune disorders in the winter, um, going into the cold and flu season, we're already seeing it. And then of course, they'll blame us. They'll blame most of us for what happens to people um, when they destroy their own immune system under the guise of saving it. And of course, it's always uh, double think. That's the way it always has been. But what I find interesting about this is this gives justification for the state to do whatever they wish and what they've always wanted to do. And it gives them the ability to lock us up. They're building camps in almost every country in the world. Um, and if we look at the history of Nazi Germany or Stalinist Russia or any of those places, these so-called camps that they were creating in, in Germany's case were for typhoid, for example. And they always get people to go along hook, line and sinker into whatever they wish by scaring people with an invisible enemy. That's what they did with the Patriot Act. That's what they're doing with COVID now. Now, going forward, what I do think is going to happen here is with the destroyed uh, immune function of uh, probably 50% of the entire world going into this winter, we're going to see a lot of people dying and they'll blame us. And then that will push further into what we know as technocracy, because of course, we already have a social credit system. China has had it for years. I've been warning about it. I knew it was coming because we saw it starting to get unrolled in places like Australia back in uh, 2016 with Darwin um, creating a smart city grid where they track uh, people's uh, steps on the sidewalk and their faces through facial recognition. Um, and what this is going to turn into with carbon credits, of course, we're going to have climate lockdowns with um, the controlled collapse of the supply chain. It all works up into the perfect end goal of the establishment, which is complete enslavement of mankind. For example, you get paid more for the last two years to stay home from work, and there's already an employment crisis. Well, what happens next? They they fire 25% of people in the United States. And on top of that, we have the issue of, I, I hear a phone coming in there somewhere. It's not me. Um, I think that's that Mike. Mike's phone. Oh, yeah, that's how Mike's phone. And how do we, okay, we're going to have to text him. Because he's got to use the computer. It's so going, too. That's the best anyway, part. I'll try and go into it. I'll try and continue anyway. Eventually, the phone will stop ringing. Uh, but, so I, I really think this is important, though, because when you have um, this level of, um, of manipulation, we have the employment crisis. We have people um, of 25% of the workforce being fired and laid off. And the labor force participation rate plays into that, too, which shows much worse numbers. What that turns into is dependence because food doesn't go on the shelf. We can't get things delivered in time. And they say, well, you know, it's because people are protesting, being kicked out of their jobs, stuff like that. No, it, that's just a piece of it. And honestly, it plays into the establishment's plans. Unfortunately, what it is, is they'll push us to the point where we're so desperate. We depend not us, most of us in this chat, but most of us will end up depending on things like FEMA and they will do price fixing in Canada. They already have the emergency planning act section 18 and 18.1 in full effect. And this document, if you look it up, it's in Saskatchewan, Canada. It was passed already. There's already martial law in Canada. And in this document, section 18 and 18.1, they have a letter tier system
system. And in that system, it shows everything they can do under this martial law system, which includes price fixing, um, taking your home if they wish to, taking your children away. It can, they could kill you if they want. They can uh, warrantlessly arrest you, um, imprison you. They could destroy any of your um, possessions and property no longer exists. They can shut down roadways in order to control the movement of people between county or community. And uh, basically, this um, is a precursor for not only that, but we see people like Bill Gates, for example, owning up all this farmland, and they're trying to put our mRNA vaccines in food, then people are going to be dependent on these entities, we're going to be poisoned by these entities, we have the Great Reset, we have inflation, we have all these things hitting us at the exact same time, we move into a cashless society under the special drawing rights at the IMF. And we are in perfect servitude for the year 2030, where I believe by then we will easily see um, 40 or more percent of the population killed off. That's their goal, 60 or more. But I actually think that there's a p possibility there that we might be able to, with half the world unvaccinated, we might be able to um, keep the number possibly even below 30%. But I know there's a massive die-off event uh, coming and they've been planning this for a long time and everything is going together like perfect art, perfect poetry. And I've always said the government was inefficient, but I've never before seen such genius from the government. Everything that's happened in the last two years, especially is beautifully genius. Unfortunately, it means that many of us and most of our family members are either going to be um, severely, severely enslaved or killed. So um, that is where the solutions come in. And we'll, of course, go into that more later. I'll uh, cut it off there. But I really think this is all very important because this is a control collapse and we see people protesting and that's great. I just came back from protests in Amsterdam, 250,000 people. I was in Italy and Milan, uh, 30,000 people in Paris. It was actually pretty lame. There's only 10,000 people and they're all watching a politician talk about next year. He's going to end these mandates. Nonsense. Don't do that. Uh, stand up live freely, object and disobey. But nonetheless, while the protests in places like Trieste, Italy on the ports uh, are causing the supply chain to go down and show that there's power in the hands of these people, at the same time, they want the supply chain to go down. They want a civil war. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and we have to figure out where to go from there. Uh, Miriam, do you want to go next? Do you want to add to that? Yes, me? Hello. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah. Greetings from Miami. The term New World Order first appeared in print in 1919 with the publication of Samuel Zane Baden's book, The New World Order. Baden cloaked his theories in Christian religious concepts while calling for a system with social control over all people and all resources around the globe. The, the book promotes a New World Federation and a World Parliament with a global police force sending criminals to an international court. On the street level, this new order would enforce the disappearance of class distinction, quote, and the solidarity of interests in the economic process. Every person must do some useful work. Bannon also wrote of creating an international mind with a world conscious and a world patriotism. This would involve, quote, the destruction of every arbitrary power that can separate and of its single choice disturb the peace of the world. This is from a book that I started reading two years ago, um, looking at techno-fascism called Battle Hymn Revelations of the Sinister Plan for a New World Order, John Skura. 
Lots of, uh, this is where I like to say that I learned in February, just before Trump called the state of emergency on Friday the 13th, that once FEMA is in power, the president, it has jurisdiction over the president and the theory that some have stated that you know, Trump was no longer when he said it's been good being your president, that that was really a passing off of his rights. I don't know what people think about that, but that's my little addition to what's been said so far. Thank you. Well, do you, I know you've been uh, writing some stuff in the chat. You want to share some of the, the, the stuff you've been writing about? Well, when I've been, thank you. When, when I've been, I've started covering the Rona in uh, December because I had covered for Vaxter op what I called Operation Samoa, which is when 200,000 people got mass vaccinated in 30 days by them going door to door. And they based their emergency on seven non-deadly cases of the measles. And I called the government, I spoke to government officials, and then they passed the law of love and the law of love says that parents have jurisdiction over your children. And this was 2019. There was Edwin Tomase who went on social media and said he was giving IVs saying that this is malnourishment. And um, he said, I'll be here to clean up your mess. And they arrested him. This was when also WikiHow came out with their brochure encouraging the children to go and lie to their parents and get jabbed. This is when vaccine hesitancy came out and I did a parody, vaccine mania and vitriol disorder, VMVD, and every day that becomes more relevant. So many of us in the community of vaccine safety and medical freedom thought it was gonna be Ebola, including Dr. Sherry. And I started writing a series and lo and behold, it was the Rona. Um, so I mentioned that, and then when the states would announce, a, you know, there's first case of Rona in Washington, Zach and I would be like, welcome, Washington, and I would do a little parody like in Hunger Games, and this was very much regionalized, which is why I escaped Chinafornia, knowing that interstate checkpoints are coming, and showing papers, just like in Nazi Germany, and it's all going to be regional. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, I do want to actually just quickly point out that with um, this, the toll booths that we've seen for all these years in places like New York and in places like Florida, I mean, it perfectly fits the agenda for the social credit system where you have to show your social credit to go from county to county, for example. I think we will be seeing that very soon. I think that was just a precursor where you can't go from one community to another without showing your pass. So they first they lock you into your country, then they lock you into your state or province, then they lock you into your city and then into your community. And I really do believe that, they're, that we're getting to that point very soon. And I, I do want to point out that I, I do think the end goal is um, something big bigger than just control or money. I don't think it, money and control are short lived always. I think this is spiritual. And I do believe that after studying, going around the world, studying ancient civilizations for so many years, I think that the elites are obsessed with certain ancient civilizations and um, they want to do a mass human sacrifice. So as far as a mass human sacrifice goes, I think that um, what they probably intend to do is 
um, kill off as many people as possible. And many would ask, well, why would they kill off the smartest people or the stupidest people and keep the smartest people? Well, it's because it's not about controller money. It's about a mass human sacrifice. It is religious. And I think um, we need to contemplate that instead of thinking, oh, well, this is just about left or right, or this is just about, you know, control. I think that is a subsect of a bigger problem going forward with this social credit, um, you know, mark of the beast system. Well, I think this is- Josh, a they- Sorry, I just wanted to add that I think that it's not only a deep pop agenda, but it is also a transhumanist agenda, which if we get into astral world, we can talk about the parallels between that and Wuhan and what uh, little little details that haven't been televised uh, have uh, made me think it was, I mean, many of you would agree this was a ritual, a test. Sure. I, I completely agree. That's definitely where we're going with this. And um, yeah, it's depopulation agenda. It's a transhumanist agenda. If you watch uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, it also gives you a little insight into this as well. But I'll leave it at that because I've held the mic too long. <laughs> no, I was just going to say because uh, Philip has done a lot of uh, work on human trafficking, child trafficking. Something you see with all these elite that are part of these rituals and stuff is that there's, you know, it's all linked together. Right, Philip? You want to get into some of uh, uh, what you've written about and some of your research. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it is definitely all tied together. And I think in a lot of cases, you know, uh, how they said like, uh, uh, the indigenous Americans, like they would use every part of the meat, right? I feel that our secret societies and, uh, the, uh, occult groups like skull and bones who run the CIA, they do the same. They never just kill someone. There's always like five different reasons for that. And it's the same thing with child trafficking and whatever. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's used as blackmail. Uh, it's it's just all of it is for very, very many multiple reasons. But by the way, I, uh, I saw you notice that I have been taking notes because everybody's been making some great points. Um in regards to what Mark was saying, by the way, you know, he was talking about supply chains. You guys remember JBS, right? JBS and there was a supply chain issue. Oh, there's going to be a supply chain issue. Wait a minute. Wasn't that like the month of or weeks after uh, the World Economic Forum had their cybersecurity summit, which is like the month before? And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have supply chain issues. And hey, Wow. It turns out I'm right. I hate being right a lot of times, by the way, because I, I'm a paranoid. No paranoid wants to be right too often. Uh, but yeah, so uh, and, and as far as the water goes, like Nestle, there are companies like Nestle, who, by the way, do you remember when Nestle, uh, you know, it turns out, oh, they they happen to use child slaves. Yeah, sure. They happen to use children's slaves. And then it went to U.S. courts and they were like, oh, no, 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 no. Slavery is illegal in the U.S. Go ahead. Like, that's literally how our system works. You know, that's why I can't stand all this. You know, oh, you know, oh, we need to be more. No, you don't care about any of that. Um uh, and, and it's not just the supply chain stuff. You know, I mentioned, uh, wrote here, BlackRock, right? Um, we are headed towards neo-feudalism. And that whole bit about the 2030 and you'll own nothing and rent everything. No, I mean, like, that sounded crazy five years ago when they said it. 
And now a lot of the stuff that they were trying to push is now, oh, we're running out of meat. Don't worry, guys, we've got grub worms, you know? And hey, I have had Hantik in the Philippines. It's sauteed ants, and it was good. But you know what? I will eat an insect if I want to. You're not going to make me eat a slug or a grub worm ever. No, thank you. Um, a few other things. Uh, we were talking about the um, uh, New World Order term. You know, uh, Theosophy and Blavatsky, they go into a lot of those same themes, which were picked up by Hitler and many others. And ironically, uh, both Hitler and the UN were fans of Blavatsky. Uh, take from that what you will. Um, uh, the, the idea of global governance and a bipolar uh, uh, power structure. Um, I, I have a feeling that China and the U.S., the U.S. is waning as an empire. China is rising. Um, but I don't think that the USSR and the U.S. really hated each other as much as they did on paper. It was good for both of them to pretend so, so that they could crack down and use propaganda and et cetera. I think it was possibly used as a pretext. I'm not saying they were best friends. They just made the best of the situation. Um, let's see. Uh, Josh Sigerson was talking about eugenics. And, and he's right. It's gone on forever. It's from Sparta to the Rockefellers, you know. And, yes, I do hate the way uh, guys like Bill Gates, who, who is very hated in places like India, Africa, Pakistan, Gee, I thought those were the places he was trying to help. Why don't they like him? Because he's not trying to help them. He's shielding his taxes while uh, while while feeding his agenda. Um, and as far as technocracy and transhumanism, I would encourage people to look into the connections between MK Ultra, cybernetics, um, Stuart Brand, uh, cults and communes. And how all of that created Silicon Valley, which, of course, started as the DARPAnet, which was a counterinsurgency tool. And uh, it never stopped being a counterinsurgency tool. They just privatized it. That way, it's no longer under constitutional, uh, you know, provisions. Um, let's see. Uh, the Silicon Valley and the social credit score thing. Yes. Silicon Valley also has a social credit score, but just like with DARPANET to the public internet, um, in China, it's a government thing. So, you know, in the U.S., our social credit score is run by Uber and Facebook and Airbnb. So there's no constitutional protection, once again. Um, uh, smart cities, by the way, uh, that's another one of those issues that I need to get into more scary as heck. But yeah, we're seeing a ton of what we call social engineering. Uh, Miriam, thank you for mentioning Samuel Baden. That's a name I didn't know. Um, and uh, uh, Op Samoa, that as well. And that bit about the WikiHow, if you can like uh, either either uh, put a message in the chat uh, with more info. Yeah, I, I would I, pull I look up my, twi my Twitter, but they took all my research, just like Judy Mikovits and her research. You know? I got unpersoned by Facebook because of the title of my book, Pedogate Primer. Pedogate is a dangerous QAnon term. I mentioned QAnon once. Once. You know what I say? I say that it's a shame that uh, some of the wilder theories of QAnon uh, are used as a straw man to attack the very real issue of 
institutional elite pedophilia. But that's nuance, and nuance died years ago. Nobody even remembers nuance. Uh, as far as transhumanism and stuff goes, anybody interested in that? Um, David Living's uh, transhumanism history of a dangerous idea is it's not only a great book on transhumanism, but you, you start reading it and it's like, why is this book starting in the era of the Sufis? No, 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 just wait. Just wait. It is all connected. All these ancient uh, traditions are tied together. That's why solar lodges and Freemasons and the stolen bones. And uh, when it comes down to it, David Livingstone is one of the top researchers when it comes to untangling uh, secret society history. So transhumanism, history of a dangerous idea. I would I would uh, encourage anybody who's interested in the topic of uh, Silicon Valley, techno fascism, etc. Uh, check that book out. May I, can I say something about the, the wiki how that I, as I'm looking for it to share that I just remembered they took it out and so I have to go into the way way back machine but there's so many things even in the way back machine as a journalist and researcher that they have scrubbed even from the deep bowels uh, and so I, I will keep looking for it but uh they were prepping. This was all. They also had a child that was defying his parents. This is 2019, yo, right? Defying his parents to set the example of my. This is a nutter. My mother does no shit. Uh, I'm gonna go get jabbed. Wow. They also scrubbed the, the Agenda 21 publication. By the way, uh, I have that linked from my website. And uh, it's had several thousand hits since June, because I only launched in June. And they, uh, they, they scrubbed it from the website, from the UN.org. So I had to download the PDF from the Wayback Machine and then upload it to my website. You know one reason they're doing that, right? Uh, this is crazy. I, I, you can't make jokes this far into the 21st century because every satire becomes real. I was joking about how, you know, archive sites are great. They keep um, mainstream media uh, accountable when they change something and they don't say. Uh, they keep, uh, you know, from memory holding, uh, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, how like Timothy McVeigh was visited by MK scientist Dr. Jolly and West. I, you know, that was online and now you can only find it in Dr. Wendy S. Painting's book. Um, but this is one of the reasons. There is actually a group, they call it Alt Tech. You know, like all right, and they're talking about oh well, you know, it's it's dangerous and it's used by these dangerous guys. They're calling it stochastic terrorists. You know what that means, right? Stochastic terrorism is where you said something that could make people think, and that's that's the new form of domestic terrorism. So, since knowledge is not only power but also very dangerous to the power structure. They are literally at war with the archive sites. But yeah, hey, I'll, I'll mute myself. That's, that's why these podcasts, what everybody is doing on this, sh uh, on the You Don't Want It All, everybody on their own channels, on their own websites is so important because a lot of the information that we reference, the only evidence of it is going to be us referencing it. It's going to be impossible to find. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I, it's so hard to do research now. I'm sure we've all been through this where we're looking for something to send to somebody. And you're like, I know I saw that article. I know I saw, and you just can't find it. So, Phil, you want to jump in, bud? Yeah, well, can you hear me? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I had a bit of an echo on there. Hello, everybody. Nice to see everyone. Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah, we can hear you. Sound great. Oh, thanks. Um, I won't take up too much time because, well, it's it's 35 minutes past Tuesday here. I mean, uh, we're in uh, in England in the northwest, about 10 minutes outside of Winterfell. So uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, Ricky. Um, but um, Legs in Buffalo, we're just putting in the chat. Can we talk about solutions? And I'm with uh, Adam Curry, I think, on this. I think we need to round these, these fuckers up, shave their heads, and march them naked through the streets. And uh, Fauci, Gates, Walensky, it would be three to start with. I think uh, Bojo the Clown will be top of my list. I want to see him bold and naked marching through Trafalgar Square. Peace out. Thanks. Well, let's get their addresses, right? Let's uh, start doing some research. We got a lot of researchers on the show. We can find that information, I think. I'm kidding, obviously. Don't arrest me. Or you can work. 3D print guillotines, right? Ah, I'm just asking. I mean, I'm just saying. Yes, you can. Okay. Well, I think we'd have to be very cautious because if we look at history, when people get taken out, they get replaced by things worse. And, you know, the Soviet Union being the best example of that. And what could end up happening is that we take revenge on politicians who are just meat puppets anyway, and then they get replaced by the actual technocrats doing it. So we do have to be very cautious of that. And that could very well happen. We end up taking out Biden and then uh, they just assume the actual power with the justification that we kill them all. I say kill them all. Well said, Sam. Just the problem keep, is, you just, remember the Who lyrics? Uh, uh, meet the new boss, same as the same as the old boss. Name a revolution where the same guys didn't. Okay, the American Revolution. Oh God bless America! I'm so glad we got rid of those English aristocrats and lords so that we could move to America and continue to elect them for 250 years. Okay, both George Bush. And uh, uh, Edwards were members of Skull and Bones. They were distant cousins. They were descended of, uh, uh, of, of lords, literal English aristocrats. Wait, didn't we have like a whole revolution to get rid of those guys? Heck, Obama and Dick Cheney are distant cousins. They're all related. And uh, Ellen and Bill Gates are distant cousins of the Rockefellers. <laughs> They're all related. The uh, the nobility, uh, every now and then when they see us groundlings and proles get worked up, then they have a revolution where they kill some of the folks. Because oh, the figureheads are as expendable as us, okay? You know? It's, it's the mast and the rudder that runs the ship. Yeah. I figurehead. Well, hold on. Yeah, hold I totally on. agree hold with the idea. Hold on. hold on. One second. Just one second. Listen, here's my whole thing, man. There's rules of the universe, okay? And it's just spirituality. And the truth of the matter is that these people, and, and when we take a look at these people who are kind of running it, from what I've been studying, they took over around the 1600s, 1500s. That's only a couple hundred years, which to us is forever. But in terms of history, is a very short time. So they haven't been in charge forever. And they keep replacing everybody because there is no permanent record. Now, I'm not going to say that the internet is the big game changer. I do think it is, but I don't think it's the end all to end all. But there is a, there is a, there is a permanent record right now. The truth of the matter is that Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, none of these people are bigger than God. And 
and the universe. And there are rules to the universe. And this isn't the first time these parasites have tried this. They try this all the time. I just think the difference is right now, there is a permanent record. It is so, and like a lot of people can say whatever they want, but we are seeing old brands die hard and they get replaced with new brands. And guess what? Those new brands are stumbling out the gate. AOC, all these people. Now they're rigging these elections and that's starting to come out. So I have hope. I have hope. Now we're talking about erasing the permanent record. The truth of the matter is the internet is not expanding. It is actually shrinking. I don't know if you guys have seen the great series. Is the internet dead or the dead internet? But he's talking about how Google just is a big facade. It doesn't do what it says, but we think it's really powerful. And reality is just a really controlled opposition. I think we're winning. I think in the long run, we are winning. They're fucking with our kids. And I think people are waking up to that. And I have a lot of hope because the universe is all about love. And it's all about abundance. And they're practicing none of it. And these guys are all specks of shit. I don't care how big you are. You're a speck of shit to the universe. And they're not going to win. They've tried this a million times. And we just forget stories. And maybe the internet will help us remember these stories of what they did. But I think at the end of the day, dog, they're scared. I think they're really scared. And I think that, like, look at, look at Buffalo and Legs, man. They went and started their own, they got their own farm. People are waking up. Why are we relying on, the, on, the, on these brands? And the truth of the matter is, a lot of this is coming from Vanguard and BlackRock. All this stuff that they're doing is all based on economic, uh, environmental, social, and government policies that BlackRock is shoving down anybody's throat if they want to do business with them. We're waking up to this. And I just think humanity wins every time. And that's just my opinion. First of all, I do want to point out, Sam, that's a beautiful crotch shot you got there. And I completely agree. Um, I do want to point out um, that at the POV end of the day, we're- porn, dude, POV <laughs> porn. That's what it's all about. POV. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to point out like uh, the, it's just a matter of self-defense at this point. Uh, I totally get why people are angry in that ex- from that point of view, but I do want to point to, you know, Philip mentioned a few examples, but like SARS Russia um, replaced by Stalinist Russia. I mean, it, it that if we don't want to go in that direction, but it is a matter of self-defense, but we have to ask ourselves why the establishment isn't afraid of us going and lynching them after they kill our children, um, which is a natural um, progression of things when something like that happens. Why aren't they afraid of that? Why do they keep doing it? And like I said before, that's why I think this is spiritual and it's just a mass human sacrifice. They know they're going to get killed or hurt or imprisoned at the end of the day after doing this stuff to us. And um, they do it anyway. So we need to uh, be conscious on that level as well. And I see Steve really wants to talk here and I think we should give him a chance to talk. (laughs) Let's go, Steve. Jump in. I mean, if we're going to talk about solutions, look at where we're at in, in this moment in history right now, where all of the first responders and all of the people who are the physical embodiment of the state's monopoly on violence, their their resources have been stretched very, very thin. It's going to be a very long winter. For a lot of people, there was a a, like lefty general strike summit over the weekend. And I was really hoping somebody would pick up on the fact that like not just nationwide, but but worldwide uh, police resources are thin. Military resources 
not as thin, but boots on the ground resources getting thinner, all because of the refusal to take this vaccine or this experiment or what the fuck ever you want to call it. No matter which shot it is in what country, there are people saying no. A lot of them are involved in being the state's monopoly on violence and force. <clears throat> they're, they're not going to be around. You can have sustained direct actions. You can have sustained strikes. If you target which areas those are, like, for example, Uber drivers, firefighters, and then maybe bus drivers, all go on strike at various times for extended periods of time while direct actions are taking place. The resources of violence and force for the state are spread so thin that you can come in with parallel structures. Hey, we've got, you know, a restaurant to feed you. Yeah, we take crypto. Yeah, we barter. Yeah, we trade. You implement counter economics. You pull away from the centralized systems of authority and the centralized systems of financial control then you got something going. Scott Horton and Dave Smith say that 60 million libertarians under arms, technically you don't need a government. I agree. Who, who wants to jump in next? Mikey, Alex? False reality? Alex, you want to jump yeah. in? Alex, you want to go ahead? Sorry. Uh, you're, you're muted. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll take a shot at it because I, I want to pick up on the spiritual thing that's been kind of brought up a couple times and then sam kind of nailed it and then i don't know in my mind he kind of backed off it or rolled over it with let's kill them all um you know so I'm, i take it from a kind of science standpoint extended consciousness is real as much as we can tell near-death experience is real reincarnation is real you study it at major universities you do peer-reviewed research the best you can science has been totally corrupted as our buddy Charlie says, it's about compliance, it's not about science, and science is broken. But science is still a legit way of looking at that. What that tells us is that, you know, George Bush Sr., who just died, he ain't going to have a very good near-death experience, life, life review, whatever the fuck it is, and ain't going to be one that I'd want to face, and neither is George Bush the second, and that these people are flesh and bone now and their consciousness extends and this is like i'm saying it's like scientific fact that's where this stuff goes and there doesn't seem to be any breakaway civilization when it comes to consciousness and extended consciousness it seems to me like transhumanism is a very desperate looking attempt to get outside of a reality that is a kind of hierarchical consciousness i'm not a christian i'm not religious but those principles seem to be applied here. They seem to, there seems to be a good and a bad, and you seem to pay a price either now or later if you don't conform to those rules. I think that is the that is the lifeline. That is the the life preserver. What we're being thrown from the side of the pool is that there's only there's only one way out, and it's you know truth and love and all the things that you learned about when you were alone in the forest and the sun shone through and you had that amazing connection with the divine all that shit's real none of this other shit's real yeah but if you were a globalist maniac and you had spent your entire life doing reprehensible shit you would be looking for a way to extend your life as long as possible 
if you came to an understanding that at some point you had to deal with everything that you were that you had done you have you had to be you died you had some sort of judgment these people are disproportionately interested in in it ancient knowledge and things like that they get around in their rituals they talk about but, but stuff Charlie, aren't you aren't you kind of making making my point a little bit yeah. i totally agree with you yeah so put it on the scale of a of a you know and, and again i'm not taking this stuff as a kind of uh esoteric occulted i'm taking it like modern day contemporary research into what people experience in for example reincarnation you know, and studied at the University of Virginia and what that means and how often you reincarnate and how far back it goes. After death communication, 60% of people who have a spouse, that they're a long-time spouse and they die, they have after death communication with the spouse. There is a reality to extended consciousness. Mm -hmm. And what it tells us is if you're foolish enough, and they are foolish enough, you know, Henry Kissinger's what, I don't know if he's died yet or not, last I heard he was like 99. You can extend it out however you want. You can get another decade out of it. You can get another 10, 20 years out of it. But bro, that ain't that ain't very long. It, 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 that ain't that doesn't measure up to eternity very much at all, you know. No, no. They they're they're trying to extend and pretend. They're trying they're they're doing with their own lives what they do with the financial system. Let's just keep this scheme wow, going as long beautiful. as we can before it all falls apart. Because when I die, I know I got some splaining to do, and it's not gonna be good. Henry Kissinger will be hung by his nutsack for eternity if there is any justice in this universe. So if I were Henry Kissinger, I would be desperately drinking children's blood to try and give me at least a couple extra years, whatever. Everything's on the table with these guys. So it's a it's a crazy time to be alive. I'm obviously making a little bit of fun of it. But the the, the point is that it's very serious. They, they the. We have to kind of remember, I think even the normies out there are starting to figure this out, that the people that are at the top of this, they hate your guts. They actively hate you. They hate you for being who you are and thinking the things that you think and being a good person. They despise you. They are trying to come up with new and inventive ways to destroy you or make your life miserable. And when you understand that and you come from an understanding of that, then I think you're in a better position to deal with what we've been dealing with, which is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, if we just act nice, they'll go away. Or if I just take the, you have, you watch the Jordan Peterson thing. I took the shot. I thought they'd leave me alone. They're never going to leave you alone, dummy. Don't you understand? That's the point. You can't reason with these people. You can't, you can't negotiate with them. So we, we, we've got to sort of wake up and get you know, I'm not this crowd. If you're listening to this, you know what's going on. But if you're a normie out there, you need to reevaluate your relationship that you have with these people in positions of power. Because once you understand that they do not like you, then it makes it a little bit easier for you to stop following their insane dictates that will never end until we all remember the one thing. Do not comply with unjust orders. You just don't have to. It's your obligation. It's your duty to not comply with that. And as soon as we change our mentality collectively, you know, then things will start to change. But as long as we allow them to be in charge of us, we're doomed. Well, yeah. any relationship with government is going to be an abusive relationship with government. Kissinger isn't just a sentient liver spot. Sorry. Yeah, well, any any kind of relationship with government is always going to be an abusive relationship. And Charlie, you mentioned, um, you know, these people must be 
practically shaking, thinking about what's coming to them once they die. They try to stay alive as long as possible. I used to think mostly that was true, and I still do. My only differentiation with that today is, um, again, studying ancient knowledge so much. And, you know, I've climbed out of the pyramids in Egypt, and I've, I've read all the hieroglyphs um, with elders there. And what they are obsessed with, if you look at the uh, burning of the Library of Alexander and stuff like that, I do think that um, for them, if this is a massive human sacrifice, they're trying to please their God. And if they're trying to please their God, then they believe that after this lifetime, if they can do as much bad, as much evil, if you look at paganism, if you look at the Olmecs and the Mayans, if they can do as much evil as they humanly can, they will be brought into the next dimension. And that's what David Icke has been talking about for many years. And people laughed at him because they said, oh, well, David Icke keeps talking about these reptilians. Well, that's maybe a bad word for it. But um, what it is, is it is their ancient religion that they're dependent on. It's what Masons have been uh, obsessed with for many years. It's what used to be in the Library of Alexandria. It was destroyed and has been hidden in different places around the world. The Vatican, um, one of the most evil places I've ever visited. Um, you know. Yeah, but it, Josh, there's just no evidence that any of that is true. And that's why I keep pointing to the modern day contemporary scientific evidence we have of people who are encountering extended consciousness. To me, what Charlie's saying... I think fits closely with what you're saying is people throughout history have invented all sorts of crazy schemes to try and get outside of the reality that consciousness is was it is what it is and there is a moral imperative to do good and not do you know not do evil stuff and the whole idea of you know uh, we can't you know the Bible says the Bible which is the biggest psyop going for you know, Christians have perpetuated us and pulled us into this psyop. But, you know, hey, the Bible says it's going to happen when everyone's good or everyone's bad. Well, we've tried everyone being good and we can't do it. Let's, I mean, they've spun that a million different ways. But again, contemporary understanding of, atten of extended consciousness, the best we have it, offers no support for the idea that these guys are going to be able to escape the gallows, uh, escape their, their fate. I just well, don't I, see I personally. I personally generally agree. Um, my only issue is only the idea of um, what happens to them on earth uh, mattering that much to them, whether what they believe is true or not, which I don't believe um, the elite are, um, uh, are going to be doing very well after they die. My point is that on earth, I don't think they're too worried about staying alive on earth because it, to them, they think they're going to another dimension and they're going to have a life of peace and um, transcendence. And unfortunately for them, I don't think that's the case, but um, that is the premise on which they build this human sacrifice ritual that they've been uh, uh, involved in for so many years. And, you know, the first people involved at the Smithsonian um, covering up ancient history um, and, and promoting these ideas. Um, they they believe the same thing. If you look at the cult of Set, it's very similar to what the elites believe. And I just don't think that, well, I do believe that they aren't going to do very well when, when they die. I do think a big part of it is actually they don't really care that much about dying. I don't think they actually care about dying because uh, otherwise they wouldn't do all these terrible things in their short life. That's just my, my view of it. And it's also a, a toss in the dark because there's no way of really knowing, but um, it's just my theory anyway. I would like to jump in here a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Lucy. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, just real quick. Regarding the whole David Icke thing and lizards, like, okay, uh, according to transpersonal psychology, I find it really interesting that every culture, the ones that never met, 
tens of thousands of years ago, all had the same or similar dreams of like scaly things, dragons, demons, angels, etc. Right? Uh, Snake so gods. Whether or not they exist in a physical sense, in an extra dimensional sense, I, I, I don't even care so much about that. Uh, more so on the archetypal level. And when it comes to like, oh, well, the people who rule the world are secretly uh, lizards. Well, let's see. Lizards don't have a mammalian forebrain, which is what causes empathy. Hey, what what circuits do sociopaths who rule the world run on? So in a sense, in a sense, lizards rule the world. <laughs> that's, that's my two cents. And I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Uh, it's, it's all good. I was going to say that I think if we look at it philosophically, what Luciferianism is, is the philosophy that you can be God. That's ultimately what it is. It isn't ultimately the worship of the devil. That's Christianity, <laughs> the opposite of Christianity. It's in that worldview, right? Um, it is really the, the philosophy is that you can be God. When we look at transhumanism, then that's really what it is. It's Luciferianism. It is the idea that you're going to transcend being mortal you are now going to be God. So I look at it not so much as an escape. I look at it as a fulfillment of what their belief system truly is. And the way that I look at it, and it, it doesn't matter what your view of God is. I don't really care. But if we look at God as a holistic concept, we have these immaterial metaphysical categories in philosophy, right? Logic, mathematics, geometry, the building blocks of our reality. So we know we co-create. We take the materials and we create out of those materials. We take mathematics and we can build a bridge, but we don't create the math that builds the bridge. The, the illogical nature of Luciferianism, technocracy, transhumanism is this. They think that they can be God when, of course, they're using materials that are already given to them. They're starting from a false premise, and this is why ultimately it will always fail. I was uh, doing an interview the other day, and I said, evil is rational, but illogical. It's rational to be evil. It's rational for you to get what you want to get out of life, regardless of the cost. But it's illogical to do so because logic, that current, the principle of identity, the law of the excluded middle, and the law of non-contradiction runs through the universe, metaphysically speaking. And you can't change that no, no matter how much you try. So this system, this, this, this reality that we inhabit has an order to it, a logos to it. And what that basically means is that they will always fail because they go against the order of the universe. I'd also say that if we look at it in a series of premises, and I think Charlie was pointing this out, and this is really important because they often say, you know, people often say, why would they do that, right? And I know everyone who listens to this understands that, but when we look at it in a series of premises, it really becomes quite straightforward. We can look at it a priori before experience. It means that we don't have to look at evidence in a lab to know that this is true. For example, in this case, the first premise would be trans, uh, the elites are transhumanism. Uh, into transhumanism. The second premise would be transhumanism is anti-human. So the conclusion is, therefore, the elites are anti-human. And when we understand that that's the premises and the conclusion, we do not need to know in raw data what their methods or their outcome is to be. The premises are the premises and the conclusion is the conclusion. Logically speaking, we know they're anti-human. They want you gagged, they want you imprisoned, or they want you dead. When you understand that that is the premise, everything they do makes sense. Mikey, do you want to jump in? You've been, uh, you're, you're one of the new faces on the show and uh, you've been patiently waiting. Yeah, no problem. Orange uh, Mike. Thank you for the invite and having have me come on here. It's one of the most fascinating topics that I've been like 
into since about 2008 and it kind of started with like Alex Jones and like all these like different documentaries and it's not something I normally talk about because you know honestly I I don't have an answer. I don't like talking about things that I don't know how to solve and and fix, but I I have noticed that you know more people are speaking out and one of the solutions is is you know really attacking your chamber of commerce and speaking up you know like Alex Stein he goes to you know the 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 city council here in Dallas quite a bit and you know whether his stuff is just you know comical and he he's outrageous he's really making a mockery of like their the the city council system is like they really don't listen to you but there's enough people that are listening to their message and if you just stand up in front of city hall and you just keep talking I mean, there was a woman who used to go around the country and just talking about Agenda 20 and join Agenda 2030, and she recently died. I can't remember her name. And uh, there was uh, there's a few other doctors. Yes, yeah, that, that's it. And uh, you know, all this talk and, and learning about this this whole agenda, and you know, talking about Nestle and how they want to take over the water, and it's like you know that this past year, all I've been doing since the pandemic started is just you know storing food seeds vegetables you know what whatever it takes to survive whatever this is going to uh whatever's going to take place because you know i like to think that we can all come together and fight this and stand up but the, the reality is that there's so many people that are just brainwashed that you know they're, they're just stuck watching television and they're just you know you, the moment you mentioned jenna 21 i mean people just eyes just gloss over and they're not there anymore. So they don't know how to compute it because they haven't heard it on mainstream television. So you have to almost just go from the from scratch and explain, you know, little just just plant evidence like, you know, this is what's happening and then, you know, and then they kind of just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the, the this woman I work for uh, work with, you know, cuz I'm a high school teacher. I don't like being a high school teacher, but I feel like I'm on the front lines of, of where the brainwashing is happening. And little by little, as this pandemic is happening, I'm starting to witness people wake up and they're starting to be against the whole, like, you know, mandating the vaccine for all employees. Because if, if something is so great, you shouldn't have to force it. You know, if, if people were really falling over and dying in the streets, I, I would be out there running to get that vaccine, but we're not seeing that we're, 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 you know, you, if you turn off the television, I mean, like you've said many times in your, in your shows that if you turn off your television, you would never know anything was happening because life is just going on as normal. People are enjoying life and, and doing things as on, on a regular basis, but because the television is so, you know, mind programming that, people are just living in constant fear. You know, like, you know, like one of my students, he's, he's like, he, he came up to me the other day and he's like, you know, I want to write an article. I want to do my AI on uh, the corruption in media. I was like, perfect. I'm glad you came to me, you know? And it's like, finally, me kids are starting to wake up and, and like another student came up to me and he's like, all right, I, I, ha I don't know where to start, but I, I want to write an article about being against these vaccines. I'm like, perfect. You know, I'm, I'm so glad people are like being brave to come up to me and wanting information. So I'm passing this on to everybody. And once that article is written, I, I, I look at it. I mean, I go out of my way. 
I look at these articles. Okay, okay. Well, let me let me look at this because I want to make sure that you're writing this correctly and you're putting these in coherent sentences and just not sounding like a like a conspiracy conspiracy nut. So let me help you, you know, formulate your thoughts and and you know because I went to school to become a journalist and so I know how to like dig into information and like and decipher what's fake news and what isn't and then what's being censored and, and all this stuff. So I have all this experience and I'm, I'm not really you know, doing it, but whenever someone writes an article, I, I know exactly how to start an art, how to start something and do, do a research question and investigate and put on all that together. So I'm always looking, I mean, I'm one of those guys who are just looking for the solution and then also being pre- prepared. You know, you know, I've met guys in, in LA who are these prepper nuts. And, you know, I went it was like the dance doctor, but I went to his house and he had all this stuff, cans, like just unbelievable and water that just kind of lined all around his house. And I, I thought he was in that case. Cause at that time I, I thought I was awake, but I really wasn't, you know, I was just kind of like in that left, right paradigm and not really seeing everything for what it really was. And until I discovered agenda 21 <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this whole experience, you know, after, three weeks of, of the lockdown, I was like, I need to get out of California because it's not going to get any, any better. So I ended up here in Texas and, you know, <clears throat> my wife, you know, it took a while for her to like realize what was really happening, but um, she's on board. She, she has the same beliefs that I do and we prepare and we, you know, like we just bought, you know, a generator, a solar power generator, just, just to be prepared for this off grid thing that the, that the, you know, new world order is talking about. I mean, because back in July, I think what the next thing is, is they're going to shut down the entire grid because they feel like um, there's this economic collapse that's going to happen and they need to shut down Bitcoin. And how, the only way to do that is to completely shut off the power grid. And, and I'm like, we got to be pre- prepared for it. You know, we got to have stuff that we need, we, we can trade and, you know, go off to, to a community because, you know, like, you know, I'm part of like the whole flat earth community, but, you know, it's, it, it's something that we need to like come back to get, like, just have a community where we can reach out to each other and, you know, do a trade or, or if, if the moments arises where we're off the grid and we have no one else to turn to except ourselves, you know, I, I do want to be a part of a community that we can, you know, survive together, you know, even if it's in this, this country that's going to be regionalized into 12, you know, 11 sections. I mean, we have to just be prepared for it. Yeah, we're yeah. creating a new civilization right now. And I think that's incredibly important for people to understand. It's more than even just a community. It's individual communities that eventually will all come together and replace the old guard system with new money, with uh, people who can build houses, grow their own, Hopefully there's pilots, nurses, doctors, security, you name it. Um, we are creating a new civilization to replace the old civilization. And nothing, nothing like this has happened, not, never mind in our lifetime, but in modern human civilization, period. We haven't seen a new creation of a civilization in at least a thousand years. So um, I think that we are living history and everyone complains, oh, this is such a terrible time to be alive. This is exactly the right time to be alive. And I think that's a, one bit of hope that we can get out of all this is we were here for a reason and um, we are creating something that our kids, grandkids and great, 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 great grandkids hopefully can be proud of. 
And and this hits on a topic that I want a false rally check to maybe talk about and then Scott to talk about because this is stuff that they focus a lot on solutions. Like what can we do? Well, how do we get together with people and start a community? What what's you know, actually be proactive. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, Mikey loved everything you had to say. Um, it's interesting. We in case you don't for those that don't know, we recently left California, got pushed out of our jobs um because they mandated the vaccine and so we said no no way and it was a great opportunity to just get out and do our own thing yeah so we've been here for almost a week and really having connected to the tv or what's been going on in the world yeah. and you know what it's it's normal yeah. you know <laughs> you're totally right the television definitely uh puts a damper on situations but i think the kids are the last straw you fuck with the kids, people are going to stand up and that's what's coming up. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just with everything that everyone's kind of saying, um, what with Alex kind of brought it back to the spirituality of everything we've been, we've been growing in our spirituality and consciousness, meditating a lot and trying to connect to our higher self as a part of this process to move here to Idaho. And we're also, we started gardening in California. We wanted to grow our own food. We wanted to get out. We want chickens. We want animals. And we want to be a part of a community that wants us to be a part of their community. So we got here to a small town and we're linking up with people that apparently grew up in places that we grew up in, the same cities we were born in, the same cities we grew up in, and they're here now, but they're older. We just linked up with a a homesteader who's giving us raw milk and fresh eggs every day. And so... We're, we're able to do that. Your neighbors want to be there for you when you disconnect and decentralize. And that's the solution. This here is the revolution. And we need to act on it. We can't just, just talk about it. We got to do what they don't want us to do, which is make the supply chain so short, they can't take it away from us. That's what we got to do. Yeah, we can't fix this system. It's busted. I'm sure we can all agree on that. So let's start our own thing. And Buffalo and I are on our way to just help the community around us for what's coming. Um, it's going to be good. Scott, you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in. That's, that's so great to hear you guys. Like, uh, it's so inspiring. I've loved following your story and uh, you're, you're, you're just breaking away. You know, that's so cool. Um, I was going to ask you guys, have any of you guys seen the movie, The Conspiracy? It's like a 2013 movie. Yes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, that's yes. one of the most epic movies ever. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It's so great. And it's just one of the things that struck me in that is it's, it's like about these guys that uh, kind of fell into conspiracy, like just the truth movement. Like they were, they, they started this project to like make fun of this guy, really, that they thought was a conspiracy theorist. And then they're like, holy shit, wait a minute, maybe there's some truth to this. And they start waking up. And it's so funny watching one of the main characters story evolved because he eventually he's on this computer he's on his computer he's looking up intentional communities like oh i'm gonna get off the grid and go live in this intentional community and i feel like no matter what at any point in time throughout history when as soon as you go right going down this this path of seeking truth you're always going to end up in a place where it's like oh my god i gotta get the fuck out but (laughs) it's just so funny because now here we are you know now we're literally in that place you know and you know here we in our community we're here in oregon so we're right in the middle of you know, a lot of crazy shit. And so this whole last couple of years, you know, we've been really trying to figure out ways to pull out ourselves. Um, definitely, you know, a, a, a big piece of that too, has just been like being very vocal, very active, going to protests, going to rallies. And I'm kind of having this like existential crisis right now where I'm just like, 
and I can't remember where I heard it. I heard it somewhere. It might've been somebody in this, in this room. And I apologize if I'm, but uh, basically like I had this epiphany moment. I heard someone say, you know, it shouldn't matter what they do. Cause we are just going to build our own, as Edo says, we're going to build our own better. You know, like, like it shouldn't matter what they do, what, what laws, whatever, like we have to be self sustaining in, in every single way. And like what uh, legs you just said is that, or, or Buffalo, sorry, like, like make the supply chain so short that they can't deal with it, you know, and just finding ways to network uh, locally here in our community. Um, and so, you know, I had the opportunity uh, to hang out with Derek Bros uh, when he was on his Greater Reset Activation Tour up in Portland, and I uh, got a copy of his book here, The Conscious Resistance Trilogy. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys have read this particular book, but it's absolute must read. Uh, I've I've had, uh, you know, it's, it's, I know it's very much an overview about this sort of stuff, about the idea of just living without government. Like, what would that look like to live in a world without government? You know, like, and so these are new concepts to me. You know, I'm out there fighting the system and spending all this energy fighting the system, and I'm just thinking, like, you know what? I don't even think it should matter what they do. Like I want to build something that survives no matter what. And, and one of the good, like there's this part in here where he's talking about, you know, back in uh, the era of racial slavery here in America um, uh, says basically people always thought that just slavery was just an accepted thing and that it was something that was required in order to have civilization. And even it talked about like some of the ideas about how the slaves themselves, you know, they would argue and then fight amongst each other, like whose master was more prosperous. It was like a bragging rights type of thing, you know, and, and, that, and, and, and even, and even then they, they felt like we can't have society without slavery. And, and the argument here being is that like, you know, uh, you, and it is actually taken from the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, a book that Doug, Frederick, Frederick Douglass wrote, where he's talking about how, like, you know, back then, like, Nobody thought there was a world that you could have, you couldn't have a world without slavery. You had to have slavery in order to keep society intact. And it goes on to talk more about how, like, we need to get out of this mind frame that we need that, like, why do we need this authority? This authority, you know, the argument for having this government and this authority is to prevent crime and prevent war when in fact it's the government itself that's creating all this misery. We have to go back and, and take a step back and remove ourselves from the idea that the government has any validity whatsoever. And the whole idea of authority, it just, it's just, it's been a really cool exploration for me. And I'm really just kind of just like, you know what? Yeah. I don't even want to, I mean, it's great. It's fun to go to protest. I'll probably never stop going to protest and bullhorn and shit, but man, I'm just like, you know what? That's a, just a waste of energy. I could instead spend that Saturday driving up to Salem. Instead of doing that, I could spend my Saturday, I don't know, doing this or that, you know, something in our, in my community within, with my little freedom cell, you know, um, we've had some, politicians reach out to us recently some people that are running for governor of oregon uh wanting to come on the show and we're just like having a conversation amongst ourselves and we're like i don't even want to have that conversation i don't even want to platform like politicians like i'm not even like we just want we want out man we want out so bad and uh so it's just been a really really interesting journey i just really want to encourage you, if you guys haven't read this book conscious resistance trilogy this book number three is where i'm at right now and it's called uh it's called uh the manifesto of free humans and I'm just like, okay, you know, you know this Scott, is not to yeah. not to go all skeptical on you, but I just yeah. reread uh, Frederick Douglass. I think you you're you're kind of misrepresenting the gist of what he said. He, okay. he represented that as sometimes some of the slaves would fight on they what the masters would do is they'd let them all get drunk on Sunday on Saturday night. And he said sometimes they'd fight, and sometimes the fights would even get to you know that kind of thing. But Absolutely not. Absolutely not. His his story. The the thing that I think is most telling about his brainwashing, the mind control, is when he eventually escapes and gets up to Massachusetts. He 
he, he's amazed that people who are not enslaved, that, that uh, in an economy that isn't dependent on slavery is as prosperous as it is. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. when he's in the South, he thinks that the only way the economy can even work is by this plantation system. And now he gets up there in Massachusetts and he says, even a guy who's just working on the docks, he lives in a nice house. He has a good meal on his table. He reads these uh the fine books and these magazines. So I, I think anyone who hasn't read Frederick Douglass and read how the fucking uh, town priests and pastors would come over and they'd say, hey, boy, come on over here. Fill it up. Fill up my cup. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's what he's talking about more than anything else. And he's talking about how complete i mean imagine that imagine how we how we because that's the other part of all this shit you want to talk about agenda 21 and stuff like that we've gone through a lot of a lot of shit but we enslaved these fucking people for a long time and then then we set them free set them free as if they weren't free to begin with and then for another hundred years we picked and enslaved them again so it's it's tricky. Our whole history is tricky, and our history going forward is going to be tricky. And what is the threat of what is the threat of China? Is China the model of what we're going to, or is it our biggest enemy? Is somebody who's is there somebody at the at the wheel who is looking at things and looking at a global con- conflict with uh, China? I threw out there the ET thing. I just can't imagine how we have these conversations and we're not acknowledging the fact that the United States government has acknowledged the existence of ET and has acknowledged that for the last 60 years they've been systematically misrepresenting, misinforming, even to the extent of threatening people to death if they ever disclose these secrets. So they know something about this extended realm in which there is this consciousness. Are they always, have they always been here? Are we a part of a long-term genetic engineering program? I think if we take a huge step back beyond where we are, we can get to the spiritual, we can get to the ET, and we can get to maybe where we fit in this bigger, bigger, bigger picture. I don't know. My rant is over. Well, and I, I want to point out, I completely agree with what Scott was saying there, because I think this is really important. This is uh, humanity's test of how human we really are and how much we will stand up for. Um, no one has any freedom that they don't defend themselves. So it isn't something you hold in your hands as external. You are the freedom or you're not. They can't take it away from you unless you give it to them. Uh, I want to point out something that's very important here. And by the way, you mentioned the movie Conspiracy. My friend Dan Dix from Press for Truth is actually in that movie in a little bit. It's a little small part. Um, he He's walking out of a video store looks kind of like he's walking out of a porn store. I'll have to go back and and look at that. That's awesome. But yeah, um, but so um, anyway, I I wanted to point out what what you're saying is exactly correct, because since March of 2020, I've been to 17 countries and no, I've never gotten a test and no, I don't have a jab and how I did that. I'll explain in a future video at World Alternative Media. But um, with that said, um, I went to a lot of protests all over the world. And one of the things I thought it would get me is some hope, some hope in the world, because I see these videos online of uh, 100,000 people in the streets. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. And it is amazing to see in person. In fact, it's emotional. You almost want to cry when you see it because, I mean, we're, when you go to the ground in the Netherlands and Amsterdam and 250,000 people are there when you're expecting 10,000 and that's 30% of the population of Amsterdam. I mean, it is mind blowing to be in the middle of, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. However, despite all of that, and again, going to a lot of countries in the last year, 
Um, it, it isn't the solution at all. It's nice to see. We need to be loud. We obviously should go out in the streets. We should hold signs. We should educate people. But now is the time for action. And that action really comes down to the individual and from individuals to community. And so when I when I mention that and you, you talk about these intentional communities, I think this is one of the most important things we face today. Um, I'm down here in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And right now I'm friends with several real estate agents. And there are thousands of people fleeing Canada, fleeing these other places, because for First of all, they're not going to try and fix a system that's going to collapse anyway and get killed doing it. So they want to come together as a community and build from the bottom up. And that's what, what we're witnessing. And real estate agents that I know are saying, you know, we don't have enough land to sell the amount of people that are moving here right now. It is so unbelievable because in places like Canada, you can't leave the country without a, a vaccine unless you're flying private. So, I mean, it is there are so many people all coming down here at the same time. And as this happens, we see people building their own little towns and their own communities. And um, they're, they're creating their own forms of governance systems that are uh, consensual and contractual and et cetera. And, you know, it, it, we're witnessing the beginning of something. I don't know how this is going to end, but I know right now this is what we need to be doing because we're not going to stop what's coming from happening. We won't. It's going to happen. It sucks. It's going to be bad for many of our families and a lot of our friends. But here's the thing. We've been coddled since World War II. Most generations have been coddled and can't imagine terrible things happening to them because it hasn't happened because we've been given everything we could possibly imagine for all this time. And now it's happening and we're just not immune to it. We, we kind of freak out when we see it. But this is the history that we need to be living right now. And we are on the cusp of something beautiful. So while we're not going to be able to solve the problems that are going to happen no matter what, we're not going to stop this um, wrath from coming to Canada, the US, Britain, and these other places, we will see this depopulation event. What we can do, what we can do is preserve ourselves as, our, as individuals and help people around us, directly around us and build up from there, create communities and be the, the change we wish to see in the world. And that's what it was always about. That's what humanity was always about. And otherwise, there is no point. If we cannot stand up for our own humanity, we are on earth for nothing. And anyway, I, I appreciate uh, everyone here. And I really love all the stuff everyone's doing here. We have different ideas in some ways, and we might disagree in some ways, but I think everyone here is for uh, here for the same reason. It's a beautiful thing. I have to get going. I really appreciate you, Ricky and Charlie and everyone over there. Um, just uh, thought I'd give one final thought before before I take off. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, thanks, Josh. Yeah, I was just, you know, that's such a good point. And, and, you know, uh, and Alex, thanks for further clarifying, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's really the way, the way it is. It's just like, I think people trapped in a slave system don't have the ability to perceive anything outside of that. And then that it's just, uh, you know, that's, we just need to heart, need to start having different conversations really is where I'm at with it. And I'm just uh, grateful you guys are all here to having this conversation with me. And the history of suburbs, I don't know if you guys have looked into it, but it's pretty interesting of how to get us more, you know, less independent and more dependent on government and the systems and, and whatnot. It, it is fascinating. Tease, I'm sure you have something very poetic to say, not to put you on the spot, but... <laughs> my, my, my man, anytime I'm on this show, I'm always loving listening to what everyone has to say and hoping that I get to talk next. But I think that's just the rotation of what it is to be among so many wonderful people and like minds. So... What I have to offer is kind of like just a little insight from up in Canada where I'm stuck freezing my ass off dealing with sort of like a pathological folksiness and passive aggressiveness that makes it so that people don't really stand up or speak out sucks. But what is I do is I go to 
protests and rallies on Saturdays and I sit next to a sign that says medical dictatorship information and it's kind of got an arrow pointing next to it saying talk to this dude about it. and I got a bunch of bullet points that are going over the information that people need to know in order to be in the right peace of mind. And I talk to a lot of people who are like-minded and generally speaking, people don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. And then you go to the people who study this shit 24 hours a day nonstop and we could know it on another level. And we know it on another level because you got to study it that much to actually know it on the level that it's happening at. And then you have to succinctly and cogently articulate that and pass that torch to other motherfuckers and the layman who just aren't necessarily ready to hear like the fine-tuned semantic details, you know? They just want to know whether or not they're going to be eat next Tuesday, you know? So it's like, I'm out there trying to talk to people when I'm protesting, and it's like, we got to understand that there's a discrepancy of translation in the language that we're speaking, you know? I can tell them the reason that it's happening to them, but it doesn't necessarily help them reason with why it's happening or that it is. And so, of like, so much of my life and, like, time and emotional energy is just funneled into the notion of dissecting that entire, like, I don't know, feast of bullshit that we're shoving into our faces 24 hours a day and then figuring out a way in which I can make other people feel assured and reassured. And then I remember that we have the ability to paint that picture for people in a way that they don't necessarily have the ability to visualize themselves. And think about what assembling furniture is, how fucking easy that seems. But if you don't have the instructions for that furniture and you've never seen the way that shit looks put together, you're going to either need the book that tells you how to do it or the motherfucker who's done it himself. So that's who we are. I think we just need to go out there and remember and remind each other that the language we speak is a refined art form of the study that we've done. And communicating that to other people, that's the solution. So I think, like, let's find a way that we can do that. And, and we'll, we'll come up with a solution together, you know? I did a video on cults um, because I, I did some behavior analysis at the University of Nottingham in England and did a video, quick live stream about it a few months back. You know, because obviously the COVID climate people, particularly COVID at the moment, are, are in a cult, uh, of course. And what I found when I was absorbing some of the psychological literature, because what I used to do is just basically build models, and I was kind of looking at it as a beginning, middle, end type of thing. And I found that the beginning cause of why so many people have gone into this cult wasn't even something that happened in March. It was before March of 2020. And the three primary driving factors were social isolation, social isolation before COVID happened, lack of life philosophy being the second, and the third being anxiety, just generalized anxiety. What ends up happening as March 2020 comes in and the COVID narrative comes in is it gives people a solution to those three problems that they had before. And this is what all cults do, by the way doesn't matter what scale it is, it scales to any size. And this just happens to be the biggest we've ever seen. Um, so it, what happened is that March 2020 comes in and then you suddenly have a solution for social isolation because you now have a group, happens to be the biggest group in the world. You now have a solution to your lack of life philosophy because they've given you a narrative. And that narrative is two weeks to flatten the curve. That narrative is we're saving lives, saving the NHS, et cetera, et cetera, saving the healthcare system. And then they've also given you a, a solution to that anxiety because that narrative is the tunnel for you to put your anxiety into. It's no longer free-floating and generalized. You're no longer anxious because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing with your life or all of the reasons we get anxious. Uh, you're now anxious because of COVID and you, you have meaning. You have a get-out-of-jail card of your life and you have meaning. And this is why it's really difficult for us to communicate to people because you're trying to break them out of something that has, in a sense, saved them in their view. They don't even understand that, obviously, a lot of the time, subconscious to them. But for some reason, this thing has saved them. They don't understand why. Well, because it's, it's, it's solved those preconditions, those, those issues that they had prior to March of 2020. 
And what I recommended, there's a few things we can do, which is essentially the, the ending of this model, a couple of ways we can communicate with people that can help. Now this, I must stress, is the middle block of people, not the, so let's look at it as people like us or people that are on freedom side are 20% Pareto distribution, so 80-20. And then you have 40 that are in the middle and then you have like 30 that are full globalist will never change. So I'm talking about the middle 40%, not, not the entire 80%. One thing that's really helpful, of course, as we all know, data is completely useless at this point. Uh, you can't show them any facts. That, that doesn't work because, of course, they're in a cult. It's like saying, hey, that supreme leader wants to bang your wife. And he's like, and then they say, yeah, man, it's just it's the new baby Jesus. Don't worry about it. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's what it is, mate. And he's like, no, that's definitely what it is. Yeah, because that, that's what he told me. That's what Fauci told me. That's definitely what it is. And there's no way to reason with it. But we can get around that. One thing. Easiest one is questions, you know, just ask them basic questions like, hey, look, dude, I'm not against the vax. You know, it's just, I'm just curious. Like, do you think it's weird that it's mandated for a 0.0001% mortality rate for most people? But the best one that I found is stories. Stories are really effective, indirect suggestions. Uh, this isn't manipulative if you're being honest. I'm always honest. I don't lie about anything. And I usually tell the story that I thought Brexit, the United Kingdom leaving the EU was a good thing because the EU is a stepping stone to global governance and all of that. And it's, I was wrong. It didn't do anything. It just, it didn't hold anything. It was a complete waste of my time getting on board that train. So I, that, when we tell stories like that and you kind of go through how you were invested in something for a really long time and you made a mistake and it's okay that you made a mistake, you know, that helps a lot because that what we're doing is suggesting to them that we have also been those people that have invested in, in things that we were wrong about and they can relate to that. And then there's a sense of empathy and then they can get out of it. And the final one, is, is leading by example, which all of you guys are already doing and all of you guys have already talked about. Um, and it's quite amazing, honestly, just to see this diverse. I feel like there's just something about this field that it's like meeting family or something. It's like suddenly we could all just hang out and get smashed on whiskey and probably have a great time. But the point is, is that this uh, leading by example is really important. Because if we go back to the precondition, it's the social isolation that was the first precondition. It, they don't want to go back to that. So we have to constantly remind them that when they leave the cult, they have a place to come to with us. They can come on our side of the fence. We're not going to abandon them. We don't want to ostracize you. It's okay to be wrong. You have a place with us. We don't want you to leave the cult and be abandoned. We want you to come on our side of the fence. And leading by example, it's sort of like, we had a great time. Look at the interesting conversations and the interesting things we do with our time. Think of the sense of purpose that we have every day when we wake up knowing that we're facing down ultimate evil. Leading by example for us, it shows them that they have a place and a better life with us. Sorry, that was a long one, but I thought it was worth saying. It's all right. We're about an hour and a half in, so we are going to start winding down soon. But if there's any specific topic or story or anything that we've been talking about that you want to expand on, please do. I would, love, on. I would love to say something about Astro World. Um, is that okay? Sure. So in regards to Astro World, I uh, one, I went on the page yesterday the FAQ page and one thing it said it was a non-cash electronic uh, credit system which I found really interesting so that was prepping because it, the, the slogan was 
see you on the other side, a whole new world. They also had earth, wind, and fire, which uh, I believe Mark touched upon in the beginning of the page. But one other thing that was very interesting, it had explicitly said no vitamins or supplements permitted. Like straight up, you could bring OTC medicine and your jab, but no supplements. So if I wanted to bring, I don't know, theanine or whatever the hell, I wasn't able to. I found that extremely bizarro. And when they canceled me on Twitter, it was for something that I had said last year, given I'm slightly in the future too, and it was a supposition that something in Wuhan, it was a test city for 5G, and that perhaps something had, something inside of them, a jab, could have, the word that came to me was parlayed. Now, in 2017, there was a study out of Italy looking at adjuvants, and 14 out of the 50 of the 44 had, were heavily contaminated with nanotech. And so... I specifically had said, theorized, and think. Of course, I committed a, a thought crime. And I was watching Stu Peters, and I was like, oh, I said this. I went back to, I used Twitter as my research. And when preliminary, one of the research, it had a great, it was a great research tool before they deleted so much off of there. And I went back and I said, you, you shamed me for this. You'll see graphene oxide is the secret sauce. Where are you, Charles Lieber? 10 minutes later, gone. And 2007, there was a Japanese anime talk called Vexville, Faxville. And there was a, a, comp, a, a government called DARPA, DARPA, and they were injecting you with synthetic life. You can, you can check it out. It's, it's out there. And while I was looking at Astral World, and I'm, I said to, to myself, all right, okay, motherfuckers, I'm going to become an expert on graphene oxide now. And I'm in the deep bowels of research. And I was watching some broadcasts on Astral World, and I thought to myself, they love their adrenaline. They love their fear. What are the chances that graphene oxide communicates with, with adrenaline? And I found, I found basically stating that it's, it's, uh, sorry, give me a sec. An NIH study illustrated that oxide nanoparticles grafted, grafted graphene showed, quote, excellent selective sensing ability towards adrenaline and tyrosine. And so there you have it. You have people that are 5G'd out with all their phones. They're ostensibly, what, in, in a cage. And uh, sound parlays with, with geo. So does frequent electricity, were electricity. And so I believe that it was... Uh, a test of some sort, some sick ritual as we now go after people's hearts. It's like six feet apart. The resonance of the heart is six feet. It outweighs the resonance of the brain. And they're literally going after people's hearts. And we have children and all these athletes that their adrenaline is pumping, dropping. I just wanted to share that. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. I'm just happy to hear it. That's cool. Anybody else have anything they want to, they, they think is a topic that maybe 
demands more There's attention. There's been a couple of court cases that have been going on the last <laughs> couple of weeks. I don't know if anybody's noticed it or not, but I mean, there, and, and of course I'm talking about Ahmed Aubrey <laughs> and Ghislaine Maxwell because there's nothing else that's been in the new. Did you see, though, the closing? I think we brought it up in the chat a little bit. The closing arguments for the Rittenhouse case was today and i'm gonna i'm gonna be perfectly honest i wasn't really following the whole thing until right before the trial started uh i've got a friend named Kristen t harris who has a show called the rundown live he's a wisconsin native he was there filming from the parking lot that night his phone died literally like 40 seconds after uh the last shooting but everything else was live streamed and broadcast. So he hit me up. He let me know that he was probably going to be testifying. So I had him on the show and then I started uh, not, you know, obsessively, but uh, uh, it stayed as current as I possibly could with this thing. I, I did not have a position on the thing going into it. I didn't. After watching it, I think that everybody made bad choices. I think that now, after watching it and hearing the closing arguments, that this never should have been a case. Never should have gone to court. Should have been not no charges, nothing. Wash your hands of it. Nope, sorry, everyone was dumb. That sucks. Go home. Yeah, but I I will I will open the floor to that. I think some kids in New York get charged with. mutual combat where they shot each other like a bunch of one kid got killed and they, they arrested a yeah. bunch of them then they mutual let him go combat mutual combat so aren't they there, just was, that there, the I mean, there was something like 70 or 80 rounds they found right. <laughs> spent in the middle of the street like a full-blown gunfight yeah and they're mutual like combat they're at least one person dead a couple injured they arrested uh, all and, the people just because of the, the, let them go. the way the da had the system there yeah. It was it held to mutual combat. Um, some harm, no foul. Just Walk a matter it. of time before that becomes mortal combat. It's just <laughs> no well, you need bucket and head it's there be part to of society. The soundtrack <laughs> and otherwise it's just pointless. Or Nancy Pelosi in one of the matching fucking mortal combat masks. She wears <laughs> in front of the camera. I swear to God, this is the creepiest shit. Anyway, sorry. Just to reiterate on that topic, I I think that Wittenhouse thing is like a whole psyop. I don't think it's real. I think it's a distraction because, you know, on Friday, the the federal courts, appeals court, put a stay on on Biden's uh, vaccine mandates. So all that's been going on over the weekend, but nobody... Nobody in the mainstream is talking about it. They're only talking about You know the what else happened trials. on Friday afternoon? The CDC moved the goalposts on uh, all kinds of vaccine-related things. Yep. That now um, they're saying they may have to... They, booster might be the wrong word. That uh, because the efficacy is a little bit less than what they had originally intended... Uh, it, the, that now they might have to rethink the, the whole framing of what this is, may have to admit it's a treatment. Uh, and so, I mean, as long as people are, you're right, that's a distract. The, the Rittenhouse thing has distracted a ton of people and it's been polarized and politicized to hell and gone. The only they- places you can find any sort of adult nuanced conversation about it are shows like this one. So I did fortunate for that. Um, 
but I mean, the as the narrative falls apart, the censorship is going to ramp up. The crazy is going to ramp up. These are people, I believe, under mass psychosis. And, and that's, I mean, it's going to require a lot of the patience, but at the same time, it's going to require a lot of work on our part, too. Oh, my God. I just want to say that six hours ago, Eric Fiegel Ding said definition of fully vaccinated is changing. It equals three shots uk's definition of a fully vaccinated will change to account for covid19 booster i've been urging for this change cdc gov needs to adopt asap israel and uk have both been updated hurry up any, any last words we'll, 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 at the end of the show we like to give everybody a opportunity to plug their work and what they're doing because a lot of people do listen to the show not everybody watches so uh they hear your voice they might not know exactly who you are or what you're doing so uh if you guys want to go around we'll go around and and let people uh know who you are what you're doing how they can connect with you your websites all that stuff um anybody want to jump in first okay so i'll pick somebody um <laughs> i'll jump in first <laughs> uh ricky I'll, I'll take one for the team uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. It's been really fun to connect with everybody and, and have this chat. Um, so you can find my website at uh, America21Century.com. And what we're doing is basically I'm doing sustainable development and Agenda 2030 at the local level across the country. Um, we've actually had some success so far in ending climate membership in Montana. So uh, that's the primary purpose of the organization is to essentially separate ourselves from technocracy before it comes to pass in 2030. And we will just float away on the lifeboat as everything else hits the Titanic. That's the plan. Uh, so you can connect with me there. You can also find me on Telegram, Facebook, and all that stuff. Second, third time on Facebook. Um, Mark Malone, M-A-R-C, M-A-L-O-N-E. Don't do drugs. You, you want to jump in, Phil? Because uh, you stayed up late. And uh, the least we can hey. do Ricky, no, I'm, just no, 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 I'm still I... cracking beers over here. I'm here for the long haul. I'm actually. I didn't in. stay up late. I had to wake up early. But don't worry. Uh, I had some modafinil and some phenylparacetam <laughs> and a cup of coffee. So woo! I'm doing fine right now. I'm actually. I'm actually uh, drinking yeah. Corona, Philip. I'm drinking Corona. Just to, hey. Be careful with that. I, I I hope I hope you're vaxxed before you got that corona there. Yeah, I've heard uh, nasty things about it. Uh, uh, but uh, who's uh, going, anyways. Ricky? Ricky, who's going? Because you said Phil. Did you say Philip? Yeah, Phil. Sorry, oh you. shoot! You're right. <laughs> Phil and Phil. Oh my gosh! You're the one that's been up late. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, Phil. Don't what? worry about it. Tell you, I'm I'm here for the long haul. Um, just want to say thanks. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having us again, and uh, it's been good fun. I've learned a lot, and um, I'm from the Army's Inquisition podcast. You can go to thearmiesinquisition.com. We're uh, binging on sort of old history and esoterica and stuff at the minute, and uh, we do that. We are guests, and then we do some news analysis and try and make light of the fucking craziness that's happening. All right. It's such a good show. <laughs> It's, it's thanks so Charlie. Worth, it's so worth checking out man You're it's such really a sweetheart um, I mean, i'm just saying let's there's plenty of room for people how, to take on more more shows how many how many satoshis did we agree for that for that little endorsement <laughs> <laughs> <Drop>. <laughs> 
it's a proper show. Check it out. <laughs> uh, who who wants to jump in next? Anybody? Uh, Mikey, because I'll, I'll jump in real okay. quick. Uh, I I'm Steve Poikinen. I have a show called Slow News Day. You can find it on the Rockfin at, at rockfin.com slash slow news day. The website is slownewsdayshow.com. Uh, if anyone has uh, you know, guest suggestions, uh hot hot tips, stuff like that, the email is SND show at protonmail.com. Um uh, Ricky, Charlie, Sam, Mike, you guys are, are incredible. Uh, this show is amazing, and I am uh, just still to this day stunned that I'm on it. Um, you guys rock. You do. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for, for participating. Was, yeah, just lovely discussion. You guys can to clarify, he said hot tips, not dick pics to the email. Okay. <laughs> I you know, I mean that's not, that's preferable. I would take the, the hot tips uh, in terms of knowledge, not not dome. You can right? do what I, what you, but I you know, I mean I don't I don't judge. I'm just probably never going to talk to you again. <laughs> in fact, no, that's not true. I do judge. I may come back to make fun of you. So send them at your own risk. Yes, is what he's saying. <laughs> you might get <the> feedback. <laughs> Mikey, you want to jump in next? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me on here. I, I've been a big fan of your show, and the Ripple Effect podcast, and it's it's such an honor. I didn't think I would have anything to contribute, but you were talking about something that I was just, it was really dear to my heart, and, and you know, it, it felt good to contribute and, and, uh, yeah, our our show. Uh, we just did an interview together. It's going to air this Thursday at eight PM uh, Central Time, and then uh, this this weekend, this Saturday, November twentieth. If you're in the Dallas area, come by to um, Vector Brewing Company because uh, we're having a flat Earth meetup. It's it was kind of like spur of the moment. We I actually just planned it today because uh, on the flat Earth uh, Sun Moon and Zodiac app, I mean, there's like 150 people in my area. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just invite everybody to get everybody to come over. I'm going to have copies of uh, living wills and affidavits. So if you ever get in a position where you're going to be in the hospital, you have to have an affidavit and a living will. Otherwise, they're going to eject you with that remdesivir and all that other bullshit. That's going to that's going to kill you because uh, we lost three people within a, with a span of one month. And it's all because of remdesivir. Yeah, and they call it something else. So there's it's under three different uh, medical, uh, you know, pharmaceutical names. So all that is included in the affidavit. So if you do end up in the hospital, um, you know, it's all listed. I did a lot of research to put those those uh, those medications in there. So they can't do anything without your consent, and you have to have it in writing, and it's got to be notarized and registered with the, the county clerk's office. Otherwise, the hospitals are going to follow protocol no matter what you say. So, yeah. And so, where can people listen to your show? You want to give my oh, uh, the website is uh, kgup1065.com. Uh, you can find find me under KGUP Presents on YouTube. For now, it's still there because we ha I haven't talked about anything that could get me banned yet. But it's I, I know it's going to happen, and I'm going to have to get my channel on Rockfin and BitChute and all that. But I'll, I'll put it Phil. in the chat. You, you want to jump in, Philip? This Phil. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, okay, uh, it's Philip Fairbanks. You can find me online at 
philfairbanks.com. That's with one L, P-H-I-L, F-A-I-R-B-A-N-K-S.com. Everybody spells my name wrong, so I always have to do that. So philfairbanks.com. Kafkaguy at gmail.com is the email. Uh, I've written the book Pedogate Primer, which is available at multiple bookstores uh, as well as Amazon. But, eh, you know, Bezos is rich enough. Um, uh, uh, I, I have a podcast, Plastic Screen Podcast, but it's been on hiatus because I had surgery in September and just recently recovered. But hopefully we'll be queuing that up again. And, hey, everybody on the show, by the way, please do. Uh, dropped my email in there, kafkaguy@gmail.com. Drop me a line. Uh, would love to have you on when I, uh, when I restart the show. Uh, oh, and one last thing, a little shameless plug here. You know, people are talking about, you know, censorship and stuff. Bit shoot in Odyssey, definitely. But um, there's also... Disclaimer, this is this is I, I work for these guys, but no, seriously, Torah3.com, T-O-R-A-3, uh, numeral three.com, no censorship. They own their own servers, which means like, you know, when when Bezos and Amazon Web Servers and Gates and his servers go, you know what? I don't like what your people have to say. We're turning the switch off. But you can't do that to Torah 3. So uh, I would recommend people at, at least, you know, you can live stream on there. You can restream to there. But I would definitely recommend people at least archive your stuff there because it's not going to get taken down if Bezos and Gates decide to turn the switch off the servers at uh, one of the other very few, like I said, BitChute, Odyssey, very few free speech uh, uh, streaming platforms. Once again, thanks for having me on, uh, everybody. Pedogate Primer, philfairbanks.com. Email me. If you if you want a copy of the book, I'll give you a copy of the book. Heck, if you're a glutton for punishment, I'll give you promo codes for the audiobook so you can hear me for six hours talk about the most <laughs> awful, terrible stuff you can imagine and a few things worse than you can imagine i don't know how anybody can do that but for some reason a third of my sales is the audiobook but seriously though thanks so much for having me on guys much love everybody and and appreciate the community please check out the book the book's awesome and amazing work and and if and have on your show because he he's a a great person to have on very well researched and very interesting in so many different topics who else wants to jump in i guess we'll jump jump in real quick oh go ahead guys Oh, sorry. Um, so we are False Reality Check. I'm Buffalo. This is Legs. And uh, we escaped California to see better pastures and maybe start something local here. Um, you can find us anywhere, uh, falserealitycheck.com, all the podcast platforms. And um, what are, what's our Twitter? Yeah, uh, we're also on Rockfin. Oh, yes. We're on Rockfin and uh, Twitter and Instagram at FRC Pod. Yeah. Or drop us an email, FRC uh, Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We always love getting emails from people. Yeah. But this has been great. Thank you, Ricky, Thank you. for the invite. Um, all of you are so awesome. Great minds. Love all of your work and all the input you put in. Yeah. Really Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you guys, you guys, you're not listening to False Reality Check. You're missing out. So anyway, uh, my name's Scott. I'm with the Truthzilla Podcast. I'm one of three hosts. Usually Ed and Megan can't make it on Monday, so I usually come represent. But, uh, you know, Ricky, Mike, Charlie, you guys, thank you so much for including us all the time. Uh, Truthzilla Podcast, uh, the main home for the video is rockfin.com forward slash Truthzilla. We're on all audio podcast platforms and anything more, just go to truthzilla.org. So thank you guys so much.
We, we got Miriam Teeth. Uh, I can go, sure. Uh, so my name's Teeth, and I'm an artist, and I create the show Conspiracy Synergy, which is an outreach tool for your friends and family to get them up to speed on the basics, introduce them to the alternative media, and have everybody on the same page so that we can really get moving together. So if you want to wake up your family in a non-confrontational, inviting, welcoming, funny, kind of artistic sort of way, go check out Conspiracy Synergy at ConspiracySynergy.com. And uh, hopefully hopefully you can red pill them in a way that they don't hate having done to them. Awesome. Miriam? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Miriam Hineen, a.k.a. B-Lady. I'm a real journalist, not a parrot or a prostitute, and I'm also a functional medicine consultant. Um, please buzz on over to Honey Colony. And uh, I'm not on modafinil, but maybe I'm experimenting with ketamine and depression, maybe. And I've just escaped China, Fornia. And I'm in Miami, so if anyone is good peeps in Florida, um, I've also had my uncle die of remdesivir vent to one punch, and I call it remedy severe. Think about that. Um, I just I just premiered a trailer that I'm very proud of with the help of editing from Scott Armstrong of Truthzilla on George Floyd. I put it in. I don't know if we can include it. I put it here in, in the group chat. Please check it out. It's very censored. Let's just put it this way. The new defense attorney for Derek Chauvin is sending the trailer to the lawyer. So why is it that I know more about George Floyd than Derek Chauvin's defense? But I do. And it's going to be sizzling. Please support. I'm working on a very extensive detox for the jab. And uh, I will be going to St. Pete to hang out with Dr. Carrie Madej, Peter McCullough, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Robert Malone. It's a sold out event. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is very therapeutic to connect with other like-minded individuals who are brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and, and what I'll do is so everybody can connect tomorrow. I'll send everybody uh, an email and get, you can send us any links you want in show description. Your trailer would be a great link to have there. Uh, any other things that, you know, websites or whatever. And because uh, usually we go searching for that. So it makes it a little easier if you just send it to us if there's anything specific you want there. And I'll put everybody's email address in the email so you guys can connect with one another. Uh, and, you know, which is one of the beautiful things about this show is really it has, we talk about solutions. This show has almost a example of a solution because uh, we've brought people together, different communities and created a community. So uh, I'm really proud of everybody who, who participates in the show and, and what we're doing here. Um, who, who are we leaving? Just, I guess the host, right? So I'm, I'm Ricky Verandas, Ripple Effect podcast. And one of the brothers from different mothers, uh, you know, who hosts the show uh, with my good buddy. So uh, ripple effect podcast.com and uh, anywhere you can get, audio podcast you can find it and uh video most video platforms minus uh youtube you can find it there so i'm charlie robinson i am one of the bastard children of of this mother of ricky's 
And macroaggressions can be found uh, wherever podcasts are served in audio format. You can find it on David Icke's platform, Iconic. It's on Rockfin. It's on Odyssey, sometimes YouTube. And my new book is called Hypocrisy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards. It is available on Amazon as a paperback and Kindle. It is also available on my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com where if you make a $10 donation via PayPal, I'll send you a digital version of the new book. If you send $15 or more, uh, I'll send you the Octopus of Global Control as well in digital format. So you can, uh, if you're interested in bypassing the Amazon uh, option, I understand. So Mike, take it away. And my name is Mike. I run the Our Big Dumb Mouth podcast. And why didn't anybody answer my phone? You guys heard it ring and no one picked up? <laughs> All right. Sorry. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, we stream live <laughs> uh, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch and DLive and Float because we got kicked off of YouTube, uh, although we're still posting on there. Um, and uh, again, on Saturdays at noon to the same platform. So thanks, everyone. I think we're getting out of here. Yeah. So we're done. It's Charlie's favorite show, so check it out. OBDM is my favorite show, and I have three of my own shows. So, yeah. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate that. I want to do a I show just... with Phil, Amish Phil over there. Oh. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's get your people to talk to our people, man, okay. and we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> I think that hey, just... but, hey, I'm come always we, uh, down to class. Charlie. Always. Charlie, can we, uh, can we give a quick shout-out to Helen from Berkshire, our sometime producer who set up the Macroaggressions Discord? Yes. The great oh. place to be. And while you're there, you can join the Amish Discord as well. I had I didn't know of the connection. Yes, absolutely. Helen's the best. Thank you, Helen, for running my Discord. You can check that out. Awesome. It was a great meeting Peace. you all. Bye, everyone. Later, guys. Peace. Peace.